Welcome to Stuff Electricians Should Know, where I bring you bite-sized bits of useful information, usually in the form of an answer to a question that every electrician should know. Hey, welcome back to Stuff Electricians Should Know. I'm your host, John Workman. Uh, great to have you aboard, and uh, hope you're having a great day. Where it's a sunny where I am, and uh, it's a glorious boy. I don't even know. It's I just know that it's getting to be summertime. So it's uh, it's nice to finally be out of the uh, out of the rain and out of the snow, and just being able to uh, you know, fill that big yellow ball in the sky again. It's nice. It's getting getting to be nice around here. So let's get this uh, episode started. Let's give a few shout outs to. Some of our uh, members in the Facebook group. Uh, let's go ahead and give a shout out to uh, Alan Goodwin. Uh, looks like he joined, you know, roughly a month, a uh, month and a half ago from the time that we uh, that we uh, recorded that uh, we that I recorded this uh, this episode. Um, and then uh, we got Alan E. Trot. Also, uh, also about three weeks ago from the time of this. And let's just go ahead and make this an episode of Alan's. We got uh, Alan Love also uh, joined about a year ago. So three Allens. We, uh, I appreciate you uh, being part of the group. Appreciate you uh, supporting the cause of the Electrician's Library and, uh, you know, trying to bring about the greater good for the uh, all the electrical industry and the cause. So anyways, guys, let's uh, let's one more thing. If you uh, haven't checked it out yet, go ahead and go over to electricianslibrary.com and uh, check out the Conduit Bending 101 course. If you've got any any problems or questions bending conduit, this is the course for you, especially for you apprentices out there that are just uh, just learning and getting ready to uh, go in your career. Uh, this is a great addition to your library and to the knowledge that uh, that you're going to be putting in that uh, brain of yours. So. Should be a link in the sidebar. I'll also put uh, links to the show notes. And hopefully, by the time I've got this recorded and published, uh, I'll have it all figured out for uh, for having a link in the actual description of this show, in the episode of this show. So, anyways, guys, thanks for checking that out. I appreciate it. Let's get into today's episode where we're going to talk a bit, little bit about different control types. So in my travels uh, across the, the industry and across the interwebs, I, uh, I've come across, uh, I'm just going to cover five different types of, or a definition of controls that uh, you're going to be familiar with and that you're going to learn over time. And uh, maybe a lot of you out there are already familiar with these and have a pretty intimate relationship with them. Um, but first of all, let's, uh, let's talk about what I mean when I say controls. So... When I say controls, it's, it's exactly that. You're, you know, it's a system or a device or a system of devices that are basically wired into a control piece or pieces of equipment that perform specific functions. Okay. So this is the, this is the device that you're going to use to control something else to cause a certain function to, to uh, take place. So, so what kind of different uh, types of controls are out there? Uh, first of all, let's talk about the manual control. Now, the manual control uh, essentially has to have the human element. You have to be there or somebody has to be there. And so there, there has to be a person there 
to turn the thing on or turn it off or uh, advance it to the next stage, whatever the uh, whatever the function might be. You know, there aren't any automatic controls, um, you know, with, with the manual control. And, uh, you know, they're typically very simple to, to install and to implement. Um, the problem is, <clears throat> of course, that you have to have somebody there. You have to have somebody there to operate, to monitor the system if you want it to work properly. So when you think of a manual control, just think of a single pole switch. You know, you've got to have somebody there to turn the light on. you got to have somebody there to turn the light off. And otherwise, it's going to stay in the state that it is until somebody comes over and changes the state. So that is the manual control. Now let's talk about the semi-automatic controls. Now these are a little more advanced, and it, it still typically takes a person to, to kick off sequence of operations, you know, by, by flipping a switch or uh, pushing a button, and basically, you know, the remainder of the operations after that first flick of the switch are then carried out automatically in, in some predetermined manner. Whoever's programmed it, whoever's, uh, whoever's made this, you know, installed this and, and set it up to happen a certain way. Um, so when you're, when you're thinking about semi-automatic control, automatic controls, you might think about pushing a button to start a conveyor belt. And then as the product is delivered, and it meets certain criteria, and then a different switch might be triggered to either turn off the conveyor or to start another conveyor to another part of the facility. So, so semi-automatic, uh, you're going to be there to push the button to turn it on, and then it's going to do the rest after that. So after the semi-automatic control, we get into the automatic control, uh, fully automatic. And, and when it comes to these, there are no people at all. The process is completely automated. And the operator is, it's replaced by the controller. Like they don't, they don't need you at all. But I don't know that I'm convinced that there is anything that's 100% uh, automatic because you're always going to have, a, or, you know, at least should have some sort of emergency stop provision that brings the human element back in. And I suppose that would qualify as semi-automatic. Maybe, perhaps those are just kind of my own thoughts. But one thing that uh, that I think of automatic is is an air compressor. So you can turn them on once if you want. You can leave them on after that. You don't have to turn an air compressor off. So you can turn them on once if you want, leave them on. When the pressure gets low, the, the uh, little motor kicks back on. When they feel the pressure, they shut off. They'll do, do this forever if properly maintained. And so you could probably call that an automatic deal. It just requires that very first uh, flick of a switch and that's the only time that you would really have to uh, to to mess with them or if you're going to turn them off uh, when they need maintenance so so that's the automatic control is essentially they're going to do everything on their own and the human uh, element is never really going to have to get in there so let's uh, let's talk about local control now so with a local control, you're, uh, you're simply, you know, it's just simply the location of the controlling device. Um, a local control is simply mounted directly to the piece of equipment um, that, it's, that it's operating, and it might be a keypad or, or a disconnect on a CNC machine. You know, you can plug it in and everything is done right there at the machine. There's not any need to go over and, <coughs> excuse me, walk across a room 50 feet to turn a switch off, 
In fact, I, I kind of think of, uh, maybe a, an SSU switch on a furnace that, uh, that would be, you know, considered local control. You're going to have that switch with fuse in it and you're going to be able to turn that switch off to cut power so that you can work on and maintain uh, that furnace if needs to be. So that is the local control. And now let's, let's just cover real quick, um, the remote control. And, you know, of course, the, there are a lot of instances where the controls aren't mounted directly to the piece of equipment that's operating. And so these could be, you know, a few feet away or a few miles away. And that is, you know, exactly opposite of what we just talked about with the local control. So, uh, you know, either way, they're controlling a piece of equipment remotely. And the first thing that I thought of when I saw remote control was a shunt trip device for a, for a breaker. And according to GE, a shunt, if you're not, you know, if you're not aware or not familiar with shunt trip, a shunt trip is a device designed to switch the power circuit breaker off remotely. When it's energized, a shunt trip release instantaneously, instantaneously activates the circuit breaker mechanism, ensuring a rapid disconnection of the main contacts. So, so essentially a shunt trip is a remote control for a circuit breaker somewhere. This, uh, this allows you to, um, when you energize the shunt trip, it's going to trip the breaker and cut power to whatever circuit that, uh, that breaker was, was controlling. So those are the five different types of controls that I wanted to cover today that I came across the manual control, semi automatic controls, automatic controls, local controls and remote controls. So as always, thanks again for tuning in to the stuff electrician should know podcast. Um, just, uh, just really appreciate you showing up here every week where we got a lot of momentum going right now. Don't want to, don't want to break that. So make sure and share this. Uh, when I post this on Instagram, I usually post this on Instagram, go ahead and tag a friend, tag somebody and let them know about this episode and and the things that you've learned and help them learn and grow as well. And uh, make sure and head over to electricianslibrary.com. Like I said, make sure and check out the Conduit Bending 101 course. And, uh, yeah, it's, uh, it's pretty helpful for those, uh, those of you learning to bend conduit or for those of you who haven't bent it for a while or, or want to just get back into it. So thanks again for tuning in. Uh, make sure and, uh, Make sure and just have a great day because there's there's no reason to not have a good day. You know, we can find a lot of reasons that we say are reasons to not have a good day, but in reality, there's no reason to uh, have a bad day. So as you finish out the week, I hope you stay safe. I hope you stay happy. But as always, I hope you stay grounded. And we'll see you next week.